Hi there, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Still in that countdown, the good old Halloween, October 31st. It's amazing how many reporters contact me every day, and they um, they want to interview me about one thing or another. And, you know, it's always paranormal, but it, it also makes it very interesting for me because that, uh, you know, I enjoy the ability to talk about so many different types of things. Uh, I mean, for example, within the subject of ghosts, well, there are about 50 different things I could talk about. And then within the subject of um, UFOs, there are about 50 different things I could talk about, etc. So it's really nice for me um, to be able to uh, have that kind of diversity and to never know just exactly what we're going to be talking about. So um, I'm going to be announcing soon some of these uh, uh, more prominent interviews. I, I don't like to talk about the media stuff I do until it actually is ready to come out because it's kind of a waste. But anyhow, one of the uh, reporters who contacted me recently for a national publication said that she wanted to talk to me about animal ghosts because I wrote a book called Pet Ghosts, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave. This came out over 10 years ago, I guess. And um, I actually, I wish the book had been called Phantomals, because that's the term I coined for non-human apparitions, especially ones that look more like animals than humans. Phantomals. And uh, I had to coin that term because I needed a nice, big, broad term to describe a wide range of things I was going to talk about in the book, and there wasn't one nice, neat term that would do it, so Phantomals got the job done. But anyway, um, the lady was asking me about all kinds of concepts related to animal ghosts, and uh, she happened to be a horse enthusiast, and so I started talking to her about horses. You know, horses are... Uh, <clears throat> are really interesting because that, uh, you know, the one thing, they're some of the, the largest, most prominent creatures that you come into contact with here in our country. Um, and, you know, they played such an integral role in the development of our country. I mean, horses have been everywhere and used for all kinds of purposes. I always have thought it was amazing to consider how the first uh, how the Native Americans must have felt when the first Spaniards came over riding horses, and they'd never seen a horse before. How freaky that must have looked to them at first. So anyway, um, I decided to tell her some horse ghost stories. And uh, by the way, I should clarify a few things. I hope I'm correct about this. I think I am. We all know what a horse is. A pony is just a very, very small version of a horse. Uh, horses and ponies are the same species, and as far as I know, they are pretty much the same creature, except one is just a much, much smaller type. And then you have donkeys, which are totally separate um, species altogether. And then occasionally, of course, a, a donkey will mate with a horse, and those two will give uh, they'll give offspring. Uh, they'll have a mule, 
And uh, a mule has always been considered a really good creature by a lot of uh, working men out there, so to speak, because with a, with a mule, you have kind of the best, obviously, of both worlds, of the donkey and the horse, because with a mule, you have a sort of a stronger build, um, which comes from, you know, a donkey, I guess, being a stouter creature or whatever, but you also have um, something that uh, is not as obstinate as a donkey. Yeah, you kind of get the picture. So anyway, I don't really know what I'm talking about here. I'm just, I can imagine how that uh, horses are probably, um, probably not the, you know, they can't handle the workload of a donkey, but a donkey is kind of, well, they call it an ass for a reason, don't they? So anyway, um, of all the animal ghosts that I have investigated, um, there was one incident that really stands out in my mind. I met a woman named Lynn Jackson, and Lynn Jackson lived on a very haunted farm in Lancaster, South Carolina, which is... Again, I say this a lot when I'm telling stories, but it's true so often. One of those places in the middle of nowhere. And in the late 1990s, Lynn and her husband bought this big piece of property to form the farm. And that property was already uh, haunted because it already had a a long history of um, terrible events. In fact, apparently there were some... um, just horrible incidents that took place there between Native Americans and the settlers. They would torture each other and kill each other, and a lot of bad stuff happened. And then later on, there was a slave church that existed on the grounds. So uh, one of those areas with a lot of historic misery. Um, But anyway, she built the animal rescue there and started having all kinds of uh, creepy things happen over the years. In fact, um, the story I want to point out here is Lynn, she had a horse uh, named Miss Kitty. But Lynn had, for some reason, her whole life, uh, she'd always wanted a pony but never had the opportunity to get one. And she finally obtained a pony named Rebel. And she just loved Rebel and Miss Kitty. So you can imagine how absolutely shattered she was when she walked out to the barn one day and found Rebel and Miss Kitty both lying there dead. I mean, talk about a horrible sight. (laughs) Excuse me. So, uh, of course, Lynn did everything she could. She contacted the authorities and the vets, and they all came out and looked, and they could never explain what had happened. They said these... These creatures, you know, appear to have been in good health, and we just have no idea what happened to them. So this was one of many sort of uh, negative paranormal things that started happening around the property, fires breaking out and that kind of stuff, people getting sick. So anyway, finally she got another horse, and she fell in love with this horse. His name was Noah. And... One day, Noah, he started acting funny, like something was wrong with him. And, of course, Lynn is very sensitive at this point after what happened to Rebel and Miss Kitty. So she immediately called the vet. The vet came over and examined 
Noah. And um, as the vet was examining Noah, she saw this big, bright ball of light appear and zip around behind him. And it freaked out the vet so bad that the vet herself pretty much fled the scene and said, I don't know what that was, but I, you know, that's bizarre and it, it bothers me. And then right after that, yep, Noah died as well. She found him lying there dead. Now we have two horses and a pony. Same deal. No explanation for what has happened to these three creatures. So at this point, Lynn's world is really, you know, in a downward spiral. So she got a fourth um, creature. She got a, another horse named Frost. And Frost was was a very he was he was a big, quiet, peaceful, somber beast. And the most amazing thing about Frost is that as soon as they got Frost, they let him loose on the property, and the first thing he did on this giant property was walk over to Noah's grave. Now Noah's grave is a very prominent place, a sacred site on this property. It's marked by a circle of stones. And Frost walked on top of Noah's grave in the middle of this circle of stones and just stood there all night. Often he would go there and just lay down all day on that grave as if he was empathetic to what was happening. And Lynn would take pictures of frost out there at night and you'd see these big balls of light around him in the picture. Really weird. But here's the weirdest thing of all. It seems that of all the horses and ponies that she had, right after um, Noah died, she said he started coming back as a horse phantom. And she knew those creatures well, and she knew one from the other. She said that she would not only hear his footsteps, but believe it or not, the horse ghost is coming into her house. That's a place where he was never allowed. <laughs> so she started taking pictures. And I got to tell you, Lynn Jackson has taken some of the most interesting pictures of what may be horse ghosts I have ever seen. And if you've never seen the picture of a horse ghost, you've got to see some of these pictures. Um, you know, uh, she, well, she's got one inside of her house, which shows what appears to be the body of this horse moving through. You can see his form, but it's kind of a, a blur of white. And then there's another picture she took of him standing outside, and you can see a really nice profile of his neck and ears and nose, his whole head, really. And um, it's just, you know, it, it's an amazing thing. Uh, and, and her story is much, much more extensive. I, you know, I wrote a big chapter about it because uh, in my book, Pet Ghost, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave, because in in her case, things kept advancing and expanding and more and more creepy stuff started happening until finally, I think that property was some kind of a portal and she literally started getting what kind of looked like dinosaur ghosts. I'm not even kidding you. I've got some of her pictures uh, on my gallery of a strange 
at uh, joshuapwarren.com in there under World's Wildest Ghost Photos. But anyway, um, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. Um, for one thing, um, you know, we, we don't really talk as much about animal ghosts because we often think of ghosts only in terms of humans. But you must realize that if you look at a human and an animal under a microscope, you see the same things, basically. You see carbon and water. You see the same kinds of minerals, iron and magnesium and sulfur. I mean, we don't look any different than most creatures if you break us down to the smallest possible building blocks. So if ghostly activity exists on a human experiential level, then why should it not exist among the animal kingdom? But here's the second thing that you have to consider. Um, you know, it's it's much easier to recognize that you are seeing a human ghost than it is to realize that you're looking at an animal ghost. So it's possible that you have seen animal ghosts numerous times throughout your life and you don't even know it. Because ghosts, when they appear, they often don't actually look always misty and translucent like you see in the movies. And more often than not, ghosts look very uh, solid and tangible and corporeal at the moment that they are there, and then they just sort of dissolve away or disappear. And so if you see the ghost of a person, it can be pretty easy sometimes to tell this person looks out of place. It's kind of like how you can look at an individual in an old photograph and say, this person just doesn't have the right kind of expression, you know. Um, but dress and behavior is also significant. You can tell if somebody looks like they're dressed out of a particular era. Uh, you also have these weird situations. For, for example, you know, you'll hear about a haunted house where the ghost of a man appears and the floor is up to his knees. And you wonder, well, why is that? And then you find out when you do historic research that the level of the floor has been changed over the years. And so he is now occupying the previous spot in space-time. He's stuck there, almost like his information is burned for now into that spot and is not necessarily directly interacting with the current present-day physical environment. Animals, on the other hand, you know, a horse today looks pretty much like a horse did a few hundred years ago. So does a dog, so does a cat, so does a bird. They're not wearing clothes. They may have a saddle, but, you know, they, they, he's an expert on identifying a saddle. If you're looking at a horse, most people are not going to be able to tell the difference. And um, if you see an animal, you see some random dog or cat out there or whatever, um, you might think it's just a normal animal. And the next thing you know, um, it's run off. Or what are you going to do? Chase it? It disappears. Where did it go? Well, you don't know. You just go on with your day. I mean, really, think of how much more frequently you might see animal ghosts and not even realize it. I mean, you probably see human ghosts all the time and don't realize that as well. But so much more often, you would one assume see animal ghosts because there are so many more of them. So uh, these are just some interesting things to think about this time of year uh, as we we dig into this idea that the veil is thinning 
and we are given more opportunities to glimpse into other dimensions, to peer a little bit more into the other side. And um, it's not just about human spirits. It's also about animals as well. I hope you'll check out my book, Pet Ghost. You can read it as a Kindle. It's very quick and easy to access. Or you can uh, just buy a regular printed copy. Pet Ghost, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave. Tomorrow, I have a big day. I'm doing something super cool, very exciting, but I cannot talk about it until after it's over with. (laughs) Sorry about that, but sometimes that's just how it goes. So I should have a nice report for you soon about how things are going to go tomorrow. Also, uh, October the 25th is my birthday. So I'm going to be out of town for my birthday, and as I travel, um, I'm, I'm going to an undisclosed location, but uh, I don't know exactly how much access I'll have to um, to communication devices. I'll try to give you an update if I can, but I think you'll give me a pass if I uh, slip up around my birthday. Um and if you, you know, and it's so nice because I get so many emails and messages from people who say, hey, I want to get you something cool for your birthday. What do you want? And, uh, you know, I've been so blessed in my life that there is very little that I want that I don't have. But if you really want to get me a gift, um, go to JoshuaPWarren.com, go to the Curiosity Shop, and buy something cool. And that way we both get something. Uh, because not only do I get a little extra dough, but uh, I also, every single month, I give a good chunk of money to charities that I care about, and uh, it's always welcome. So go to joshuapwarren.com, go to the Curiosity Shop. There are things you can buy there for as little as $9.95, or you can go up over 1000 It just depends. There's a lot of cool stuff there, stuff you will not find anywhere else. And, um, I mean, heck... We have a wishing machine there. You know, there are people who contact me sometimes and say, wishing machine? Come on, man. Are you a scam artist? This has got to be some bull. Look, I live a pretty cool life. I get to travel around all over the place and do what I love to do. I have a wonderful family and friends, et cetera, et cetera. I've used a wishing machine every day for over 15 years. Yeah, wishing machines work for me and for thousands of people all over the world who have been using them, the very same ones that you'll find that Dr. Mulder makes. So take that seriously. Um, It doesn't work for everything in the world. It's not going to help you win the lottery necessarily or fly like Superman or live forever like a vampire. I mean, there are certain boundaries on it, but we're realistic about telling you how to use it and what those boundaries are based upon our experiments and feedback that we get from our surveys. So anyway, all that kind of stuff is there at the Curiosity Shop of JoshuaPWarren.com. I guess that's it for now. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about the cool thing that I'm going to be doing maybe tomorrow night or the next day. In the meantime, uh, as usual, thank you for your support, and thank you for your interest. Thank you for your curiosity, tell all your friends to go to joshuapwarren.com and click the link at the top to sign up. 
to subscribe for this free daily podcast. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon.